Amen. All right, let's go ahead and look at verse 8 of Hebrews chapter 11. I want to draw your attention to uh, the section about Abraham. Notice it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. And we're going to go through the rest of those verses here in a little bit. But I want you to notice what it mentions about Abraham, how it mentions by faith, this is, which is what this chapter is all about. It's mentioning those who did great things by faith. But then when it mentions how what, what Abraham did by faith is he obeyed. He went out. He did what God told him to do. And this morning we're going to look at the obedience and the faith of Abraham. Last week we talked about uh, being a twofold child of Abraham. And we showed how when it, uh, to be a child of Abraham you just have to be saved. When you put your faith and trust in Christ for salvation, you're saved. Spiritually you are a child of Abraham. But now that you're saved, God wants us to walk in the footsteps of our father Abraham. Nothing's going to change the fact that we are children because of the fact that we've been born again. But are you going to, now that you're saved, follow the Lord? Are you going to be obedient? Are you going to keep his commandments? The commandments are not necessary to be saved or to maintain your salvation, but they are necessary in order to be a disciple. They are necessary in order for us to follow in the footsteps of Abraham. And the Bible teaches, too, that the just shall live by faith. And who are the just? It's those who have been saved, those who have been justified by Christ. And it is God's will, if you are saved today, for you now to be obedient and to have faith and to live by faith. And that means works. That means doing good. That means following the commands that the Bible teaches. And so we saw last week how... God, because of Abraham's great faith, because he was strong in faith and did such great things through faith, had such great obedience, God has named those of us who are of faith after Abraham. There's people today that they have been named after different things because of, uh, you know, their greatness. You know, Ernie Banks was named Mr. Cub. All right. Why is that? Because he was just, you know, one of the greatest players the Cubs ever had. And he got that title. Mr. Cub for being so great. And there's many people that have been named for different things in, uh, in history just because they were really good at those things. They were, noted, uh, they were noted by those things. And Abraham was noted because of his faith. And so if God wants us as believers to be people of faith and to be strong in faith and to grow in faith, I think it would be good for us to look at Abraham and follow his example, seeing that he is somebody that the Bible constantly highlights seeing that he is the one that God named after uh, those who are of faith. So remember, once again, the faith we are talking about today is not the faith that brings salvation. I am not talking to lost people today. I'm talking to saved people today. This is, this is for you. We're talking about the faith that a person should have after salvation. So how do we show faith like Abraham did? How do we increase our faith because many times i'm afraid people think you know when they're saying you know lord increase my faith they're basically saying lord change my emotions okay now let's just be honest you know how many of you sometimes you know you have some doubts about things you ever been there before where you just doubt some things man i don't really know if the lord is in on this i maybe you've read the bible before i'm not really sure god knows what he's talking about here in the bible when he says to do this this doesn't really seem like the right thing to do, you know, all the world saying something else, and even your mind and your emotions might be telling you something else. And often what people do in that situation when they're having doubts is they say, Lord, increase my faith. But the truth is, 
faith is not just this overwhelming emotion that we have that comes over us that just is like, you know, I'm ready to take on hell with a squirt gun. Okay, that's not well, that's not what it is. Faith is really what we what shows our faith is not our emotions and our feelings, but it's our obedience. And that's what's constantly highlighted in Hebrews chapter 11. And it's especially highlighted when it comes to Abraham. And the truth is, I don't care if you're I don't think God is upset if you're scared out of your mind as long as you're obedient. That's okay. I don't care if you're shaking in your boots. As long as you're obedient, I believe God is going to please with you. And I believe you will be a person of faith. You can be terrified out of your mind. You know, if that time ever comes where you're, you are asked to lay down your life for the cause of Christ, I think it's okay if you're crying. I think it's okay if you're shaking and if you collapse. As long as you do it, as long as you're obedient even unto death, then you are a person of faith. And notice what it said in verse 8 about Abraham. It said, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should have to receive for inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. So first thing we need to do is obey even when we don't understand why. There's too many people today that they are on pause in their Christian life. They are stuck in one spot and they are not moving forward anymore. And it's because of the fact that they refuse to obey until they understand. And that is not what we ought to do. We should not obey until we or we shouldn't uh, obey when we understand. We ought to just obey whether we understand or not. We ought to just say, well, you know what? It's good enough for me that I've got a scripture verse in the Bible telling me how to do this. That's what a person of faith does. A person of faith doesn't understand, you know, they don't, they don't necessarily have to know everything there is to know. They don't have to be able to give you this good philosophical reason for why they're doing it. As long as they're able to just point to a verse in the Bible and say, this is why I'm doing it, then you know what? They're a person of faith. When the Bible says, you know, he that spareth his rod hateth his son, oh, you know, all the psychologists are telling me I'm damaging them by doing that. And let me ask you just, how is the generation that didn't get spanked doing today? They're not doing real good. All right. So, you know, I don't even think you need faith to know that that works. I think you just need eyeballs and common sense. And you can see that that, does, you know, but even if, even if you're doubting, even if you're wondering, you know what? Say, hey, the Bible's clear. The Bible's clear on this thing. You know, he that spared this rod hated the son. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to do what the Bible says to do. You know, I don't understand this going to church thing. You know, there's a lot of people out there that have gotten saved. They've, they've been one to the Lord out soul winning. And, you know, a lot of times they haven't, if, you know, if they have not come to church before, if they don't know much about church, a lot of times they don't see the benefits of going to church. Well, I don't see why I have to go to church. I don't understand. You know, I can't, I don't see why these people do what they're doing. But the truth is. You don't have to know why you should just do it. You should just be obedient. I mean, how many of you before will admit that you are doing some things today that at one time you're like, I don't know why people do that. I mean, I don't know why people dress like that. I don't understand why people go through. Why would somebody, you know, put money in the offering plate? You know, why would someone go knock on somebody's door and try to give them the gospel? Why can't they mind their own business? Isn't everybody's religion just there, you know, up to them? We should all mind our own business. I mean, some of you were there before. Where that was your attitude, you didn't see why. But, you know, at some point, somebody showed you from the Scriptures, this is what you're supposed to do, and you went and did it. And now you understand it. Now you get it. 
Now you understand why you go to church. And now, you, know, you understand why we give the gospel. But there might be some in here right now, you still don't totally get it. And that's okay. If you don't get it, it doesn't mean you're not a person of faith as long as you do it anyway. As long as you're like, you know what? The Bible says to do it. I'm going to do it. We're following that instruction manual. Have you ever been there before when, you know, men maybe, when you're putting uh, something together and you have that, those instructions that you don't want to pay attention to? And have you ever thought, you know, I think I can figure this out without the instructions. I don't understand why I have to do this first. Okay? And, you know, you try doing it your own way and it messes up and you got to go redo it all. You know, and, and I've learned it's best to just follow the instructions. I don't get why I got to do this part first, but you know what? I'm going to do what the instruction says. I'm going to follow them, follow it step by step. And when you do that, it, later, as you go through and as things start coming together, you're like, I get it. I see why we're supposed to do, we're supposed to do it this way. And it's the same thing in the Christian life. There's a lot of things that God has commanded us to do. There's instructions he's given. There's steps that we're supposed to follow. And oftentimes people look at that and they're like, you know what? I think we can skip these steps. You know, I think we can skip baptism. I think we can skip the assembling of ourselves. You know, I think we can skip all these things and they're skipping these steps. But then all of a sudden they get to a place in their Christian life and they're just stuck in a rut. They're not going anywhere anymore. And they're in a place, too, where things aren't working right. Things just don't seem to be coming together for them. You know why? It's because you skipped some of the instructions. You failed to have faith. And you were disobedient. Because let me tell you, there's been times before when I've been putting things together. And I had great faith that I was doing right. Or I had great confidence that I was doing right. I know what I'm doing. But later I figured out I didn't know what I was doing. But boy, did I have a lot of confidence. And it's amazing how many people are going through life today with great confidence, even though they're doing everything wrong. Yeah, and the truth is, it's not about the confidence you have. It's not about the feeling that you have. What's important is, are you just being obedient? And it doesn't matter if you don't understand what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you don't know what's going on. As long as you are just being obedient, you need to be like Joseph. Joseph, who lived Romans 8 believe Romans 8.28 before Romans 8.28 was ever written. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Let me ask you, who is it that loves God? What did Jesus say? If you love me, keep my commandments. And if you keep His commandments, if you are doing God's work, all things are going to work together for good. You don't understand why. But they are going to work together for good. And remember, Joseph, he, he basically, he practically said the same thing when, in uh, Genesis chapter 50, verse 18. It says, And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God. But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now, therefore, fear ye not. I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spake kindly unto them. All those horrible things that Joseph went through, he, not, he didn't know why he was going through that stuff. But you know what he did? Even when he got sold into slavery, he was obedient to God. Even when he was trying to be tempted by a wicked woman, 
You know what he did? He was obedient to God. He didn't say, you know what? God's put me through all this horrible stuff. You know, here I am, a slave when I did nothing wrong. Why can't I have a little bit of pleasure? He didn't do that. He was obedient even when he didn't know why. And even when he was in prison, he was a good prisoner. He's doing good and then ends up getting put second in command in all the nation of Egypt. He still doesn't know why. He's still not in his homeland. He's still not with his family. But what he ended up doing because of the vision that uh, that dream God had given the king, because God gave Joseph the interpretation, he was able to save Egypt and he was able to save his own family. And when all that took place, all of a sudden, Joseph, after it was all done, after he had been obedient, all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I get why God did what he did. But boy, he didn't know it all those years. He was being obedient. But Joseph was a person of great faith. And even though he didn't understanding, he had obedience. And that's what you've got to do. If you're going to be a person of great faith, that means you're, you're just means you're obedient. Whether you understand it or whether you don't understand it, and you know that all things work together for good. And it's the same thing, too. I've heard the illustration used uh, for this. It's like when you're cooking biscuits. I, and I don't even know what all goes in biscuits. All right. Well, ladies, you know, you know, if you put that flour in there, flour all by itself is not very good, is it? You know, the whatever else you put in there <laughs> shows how often I cook. I tell my wife, I've cooked for more people than she has. I used to work at McDonald's, and we've served billions, right? And uh, I cook biscuits there all the time, but they were all prepackaged, frozen. I just stuck them in the oven, you know. But anyway, you all know those things by themselves aren't good, are they? But, you know, when you put them all together just right, according to the instructions of somebody who does know what they're doing, and they make a great meal, don't they? They make a great item of food. And God often puts us through different things that by themselves don't seem good. But when those things are all put together, they actually you know, turn into something great that God is able to use in a wonderful way. And, you know, and when you're just obedient through it all, you're always going to look back at the end and say, I'm glad I was obedient. I'm glad I followed God. That's what faith is. Faith is not you knowing what's coming down the road. It's not you understanding everything that's going on in your life. Faith is when you're in a mess, but yet you're just obedient anyway. And that's exactly what Abraham did. And we're supposed to follow in his steps. So we're going to obey even when we don't understand why. Second thing we're going to do, look at verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 11. It says, By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. And then uh, verse 10, for he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Jump down to verse 13. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. You know what they did? You need to, you, what you need to do to have the faith like Abraham, you need to obey even when you don't see the benefits. Abraham did not receive that land that he was promised. He didn't receive that heavenly country that he was looking for, not during his lifetime. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they dwelt in tents. They didn't have you know, the castles. They didn't have the big houses. They didn't have any of those things. They dwelt in tents. They wandered through the land, but at the same time, 
they were obedient to God, knowing that something is out there for them. And these men lived their entire lives, never receiving the promises that God gave. But let me ask you, is God going to fail on His promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? No, because you know what? There is something coming one of these days called the resurrection. There is something called the millennial reign of Christ where God is going to give that land that He promised to Abraham and to Isaac and Jacob and the children of Israel. Now, people today are trying to make it about people over there today calling themselves Jews, but God's going to give it to the people He promised it to. And why are they going to get it? Because they were of faith. And you got people out there today that deny Jesus Christ that don't have faith, and everybody's saying that it's going to go to them. No, it's going to the people that God promised it to. They never received it. Abraham never received all that land that God promised him. He didn't receive those things that he was looking for, that he was persuaded of, but yet he lived his entire life. I mean, three generations in a row there that he mentions Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They lived those lives in tents, not having received things, but yet obedient. Obedient that whole time that they're sojourning in that land, knowing that God was going to give them something in the future. And the truth is, many of the things that God has called us to do, we don't always see the benefits for it on this earth. But thankfully, the, you know, the Word of God has revealed to us that there are crowns that we're going to receive one of these days. There are heavenly rewards that we're going to get. Thankfully, you know, it should, it should, this should be easier for us than it was for Abraham because we have the words of Jesus where he said, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. That's what we have those words. We have those promises of God, but yet at the same time, have we received our heavenly treasures yet? No. But some of us, we are convinced that we're going to get them. And so we are trying to do the work. We're trying to be obedient. We're trying to follow the commandments. And you say, well, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just struggling with that. You know, I'm not real sure about this heavenly rewards thing. You know, I'm not real sure if we're actually going to get something. Well, you know what? Don't be sure of it. But just, you know what? Be obedient anyway. Just be obedient. Uh, you know, what are they? What, I, don't, I don't understand it. Well, you know what? Don't understand it. Just obey it anyway. Just be convinced that God's going to give it to you, that God's going to come through. And even when you have doubts, even when you're just not feeling it, and there's going to be some days when you're not feeling it, just be obedient anyway. Just be obedient. And if you do that, if you just, all you have to do is have enough faith to be obedient. All you have to do is have enough faith to take that step. And you've got to, listen, for a person to get saved, all they have to do is just have enough faith to just Call on the Lord. Just, just ask Him. They don't have to have all the answers for everything. They don't have to understand the secrets of the universe. They don't have to understand all 66 books of the Bible. All they've got to do is realize that they're a sinner, that Jesus paid for their sins, and that He wants to save them, that it's something that it's a completely free gift that you can never lose. And if they're like, no, I don't get it all, but boy, it's right there in the Word of God, and they call on the Lord, they're going to get saved. It's as easy as taking a drink of water, it's as easy as eating a piece of bread. Aren't these the illustrations that Jesus gave? It's that simple. And so all you've got to do is do what you're supposed to do. You don't have to feel it all. And it's the same thing, too, whenever you are faced with temptation. 
And there's going to be times where you feel like doing the wrong thing. I don't care how long you've been saved. We've got people out there acting like if you're still struggling with certain sins, you're not really saved. But we're always going to have the flesh. And there's going to be times out there, I don't care how long you've been saved, you might feel like just cussing someone out. Ah, it's like, I want to cuss them out so bad. You know, Lord, help me have faith. You know, meaning, and, and when they're saying that, you know, Lord, help me have faith, they're often saying, you know, Lord, make me not want to cuss them out. Well, you know, that flesh is bad, all right? It's probably going to want to do it. But here's what you have to do. If you have faith, you know what? You won't cuss them out. Even when you feel like cussing them out. And you know what? You won't cuss them out with your face, too. Some of y'all know how to do that, okay? You know, some, some, some of your wives, you know, you know how to submit to your husbands outwardly, or I should say physically, but like facially, you know, it's not always happening. You know? And uh, I think all the husbands would say, amen, you know, you've probably been there before. Or they obeyed you physically, but not facially, all right? Uh, we should try to do both. But listen, I would rather my wife at least obey me physically, <laughs> even if she doesn't. You know, sometimes she can't. She's not as good as controlling her emotions as I am. You know, sometimes she's not facially obedient. <laughs> but, you know, and sometimes we're not going to feel like being obedient. God wants us to want to be obedient. Okay? He wants that, and that will be our goal, and we ought to try. But, you know, just do it anyway. That's what faith is. And, I, you know, and sometimes people are like, ah, you know, I didn't want to come to church today because I, you know, I didn't feel like it, and I didn't want to look like a hypocrite. Okay, well... I don't remember anybody, you know, when you joined this church, you were telling everybody that you were perfect and always felt like doing the right thing. Oh, you know, I, I, we, I don't want to come to church. Me and my wife, we just had a knockdown drag out and we didn't want to come into the church, you know, acting like everything's fine in our marriage. And it's like, well, you know, I don't recall, you know, saying you had to have a perfect marriage in order to come to church. And, you know, I don't really think it's hypocrisy when you are not having a fight in public. All right. Some things are supposed to be private. Okay. He said, but no, but you know, we're just not feeling it. We're not going to be in the right spirit, you know, and we, we don't want to be a phony. Listen, just have faith. Yes, you don't feel like it today. Nobody feels like going to church when you just had a knockdown drag out with your wife. But you know what? Be obedient. Do it anyway. Just do what you're supposed to do. And that, that's what having faith is. And you say, I, I'm not really seeing the benefits of it. Just you don't have to see it. And listen, if you can't see something, here's something we are allowed to do. Let Jesus see it for you. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. What does that mean? Let Jesus see it for us. It says, Hebrews 12, 2, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So there's a joy that's before him that he endured the cross for, meaning when Jesus went to the cross, he wasn't just looking to the cross, he was looking past the cross. He, that's what he. That's what he did. And so look what it says. For consider him which endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So we haven't even started bleeding yet for what we're facing. Is what he's saying there. And so he's saying, look at what Jesus did. Look at the joy that was set before him. And since Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. Let's just go with what he has seen versus what we are seeing. Because let's just admit it. We can't see the end, can we? I can't see what my reward, heavenly rewards are going to look like. I can't see what's coming down the road. 
I can't always see the benefits and the rewards. I can't see what God's plan is for me. I wish I was able to look and you know, know what things are going to be like in 2020 and 2021. I, I wish I could see all those things. But, you know, I can't. So you know what I have to do? I have to let Christ see it for me. So in other words, since he has, you know, he does see the end from the beginning, you know what I'll do? I'll do things the way he said to do it. I don't see the benefits of it, but he does, and I'm just going to be obedient anyway. I think that's how we let Jesus see it for us. Well, what I'm seeing here doesn't look right. What I'm seeing here doesn't seem like it'll work. But you know what? Jesus said it'll work. So even though what I'm seeing is saying something completely different than what the Bible says, I'm going to have faith, and I'm not going to wait until I see it the way Jesus does. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do what he said to do, and I'm going to, let, I'm going to go off of what he has seen versus what I am seeing. You all get that? That's what, that's what that means. And we see that that's how Abraham was. Abraham didn't receive all these things that he was promised on earth, yet he never stopped being obedient. You know what that's called? Faith right there. Faith and obedience. They're going hand in hand here. They go hand in hand for a believer. A person who is saved, who has faith, they're going to be obedient. So look at what it says in verse 11. It says, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even even of one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky, and multitude as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. Now notice Hebrews 11, how it mentions, I mean, look what it says about Sarah. You know, she was told she was going to conceive seed even when she was past age, and she judged him faithful that promised. But isn't that missing something? Isn't there a part of the story that we often talk about? What does the name, you know, Isaac mean? They ended up naming Isaac. I think I mentioned this last week. Isaac means laughter. Okay, let's go back and look at Genesis 17 because I don't, it doesn't seem like exactly what Hebrews 11 says happened is what happened in Genesis 17. Look what it says in Genesis chapter 17, verse 15. It says, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarah thy wife, Thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but uh, Sarah shall her name be, and I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed. Okay? Now, how how does that sound like faith right there? How does that sound like he's emotionally believing what's going on right here? If I told you all, you know, I can slam dunk a basketball, you know, most of you would laugh. All right, because you're like, you can't, you know, I mean that, you know what that usually means? If I tell you I can slam dunk a basketball and you laugh at me, you know what you're saying? You don't think I can do it. That's exactly, that's exactly what you're saying. If, if you laugh, Abraham falls on his face and he laughs when God tells him this. And, and then um, look at what it says. Um, I lost my spot. Verse 18. And so Abraham said unto God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And, God, and you know, Abraham's trying to help God out, saying, you know, it's, it's too late for Sarah. Let's just let, let, do this through Ishmael. And God says, Sarah, thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, 
and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. He's like, I'm doing it with Sarah. Then look at what it says in chapter 18. And they said unto him, Where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, Behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age, and it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being also old? Uh, old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of surety bear a child which am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed I will return according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. So Abraham laughed. Sarah laughed. When Sarah got called out for laughing, I didn't, I didn't laugh. And notice it says she laughed within herself. So we see that God sees the heart here. God saw Sarah's heart. We see that Sarah laughed. So how does this line up with what we see in Hebrews chapter 11? When it's talking about Sarah, you know, she judged him faithful that promised. I thought she laughed. Well, here's why the Bible says that she had faith. It wasn't because her emotions agreed, but you know what? Her actions did. She obeyed. They did what had to be done for a baby to be born. And sure enough, she did. She got pregnant and she had a child and it didn't matter what she felt. What mattered what she did. And you can't always help how you feel. Sometimes you're going to feel really bad, but you can't help what you do. And as long as you do the right thing, as long as you're obedient, then you know what? You have faith. And too many people today, they're trying to figure out how they can get their emotions all in check and agreeing with everything. But you don't have to do that, but you can be obedient. You can't always help your emotions, but you can help what you do. And therefore, Sarah is a faith. Hebrews 11 is not contradicting what we see. In Genesis chapter 17 and 18. And so then, last thing we see, look at verse 17 of Hebrews chapter 11. It says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a like figure. You know what? You need to obey even when it means you may lose something. That you need to obey even when it means you should lose something. You see, there's going to be times when doing the right thing may cost you. It might cost you financially. It might cost you some friends right now here on this earth. It might cost you some hard times. You know, if, you know, and we're Americans here, so this is a sacrifice. You know, going to church, it might cost you sleeping in on Sunday. You know, it might cost you. You know, um, missing out on some event that you wanted to do. You know, we often have to make great sacrifices in, in our country. We have to, you know, wait a little long for lunch when the preacher preaches a little too long. And, you know, the Methodists got all the good chicken before we got to it and things like that. You know, we, you know, we might have to make some of those big sacrifices on this earth. We might have to do without some things. We've got people today, they come to church, they get involved in the things of God, thinking, I'm going to do these things, hoping it will get me more stuff. You know, hopefully, hoping it will make my life better. And, you know, I believe following the Lord will make your life better. But sometimes God's going to have you go through some difficulties. Sometimes you might have to do without some things. You might lose a few things. And you ought to be okay with that and just say, but you know what? I have faith and I'm going to obey even though it means I'm going to lose out. 
in this situation. Even though I'm going to be set back, you know, I'm going to be one that swears to his own hurt. I'm going to, I'll take the hit. I'll take the loss. Is, I'm, but I'm going to be obedient no matter what. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were willing to lay down their lives. Daniel was willing to lay down his life. But, and, and I guarantee you there were probably some moments where they felt scared. But it didn't matter. The Bible doesn't talk about it. Because what's important, it's not how they felt. It's what they did. And they did the right thing. They, who knows? The Bible doesn't tell us. Because once again, it doesn't matter. When they were standing there, when everyone else is bowing before the idol, their knees might have been you know, hitting each other. They were shaking so bad. One of them might have thrown up before that, that whole thing went down because they were so scared. But you know what? It doesn't matter. They did what they were supposed to do. And that's the, that's the important thing. And we just need to obey even when it might, we might lose something. Abraham was willing to give up his son. He was willing to do that. You know why? Because Abraham, notice how it mentioned, he accounted that God was able to raise him up from the dead. He believed God could do that. You see, Abraham got focused on what God could do rather than what he was about to do. That's what, that's what Abraham got focused on. He's like, you know, it's not about what I'm doing. It's about what God can do. And since it was God that told me to do this, and, it was, and it's God that promised that the, my seed would be multiplied like the stars of heaven through Isaac, even though I'm about to kill my son, God can raise him from the dead. And so Abraham was willing to go through with what God said to do. That takes faith. And I guarantee you, there were moments where he wasn't feeling it. I guarantee there were moments he wasn't feeling it. But it never stopped him from doing what he was supposed to do. And so obedience, it, obedience is a work. Obedience. If you're going to be a Christian of great faith, you have to do the works obedience, keeping the commandments, because faith without works is dead. That's what we saw in James 2 last week. And look what it says in Genesis 18. I'll close with this passage right here. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 17. I like what God says here. This is after God comes to him and he's about to, he's about to tell him what he's going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. God probably, he figured Abraham would want to know since Lot was there and Abraham loved Lot and his family. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed of him? For I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Notice what God said about Abraham. He said, I know that he's going to obey me. I know that he will command his children. I know Abraham will do the right thing. How did God know that? How did God know? That? I understand God knows everything. But notice Abraham had a real track record, didn't he? Abraham had a life consistently showing great faith, meaning he was being obedient to God. And the truth is, that, that's what God is wanting from us. God, I mean, God just, all he needs us to do is be obedient. All Peter needed to do when he, you know, when I, he, just, he needed to come. If he had just kept his eyes on Christ, he'd have been fine. It's when he got his eyes off Christ that he began to sink, when he started watching everything else. 
All Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to do was just, they just had to obey. And you know, when it comes to the Christian life, when it comes to many of the things that we often get ourselves into and find ourselves in, I often compare it to riding a roller coaster. You know, my kids often, a lot of times, you know, they don't really want to ride the roller coaster when you go to the amusement park because they're scared. And I was like, I'm scared of those loops. Well, here's the thing. All you've got to do is be brave enough to get into the roller coaster. That's what I tell them. All you've got to do is be brave enough to get in the roller coaster. Because after you, once that thing takes off, it doesn't matter if you're scared of loops. <laughs> does it? And we've got pictures of kids on roller coasters. They didn't realize how bad they were going to be until they got in. And uh, it was too late. They have those pictures they take, and you can see the terrified looks in their face. It's great. But I tell you, all you have to do is be brave enough to get in. If you can just have the faith to get in the roller coaster, you know what? I promise you, I don't care how scared you are, you'll do the loops. You'll do the drops. You'll do the twists and the turns. You'll do it all. You have no choice. And the thing is, where most people faint, it's in their mind. You know, Because they, they start looking at those loops, and they're like, I can't do that. No, yeah, you could. If you can physically get your carcass into a roller coaster, then you can, in fact, do all those loops and twists and turns. You, you, you will do it. I haven't heard about too many people dying of heart attacks on roller coasters. I'm sure it's probably happened before. But, you, you know, you, you can do it. And the thing is, you know, a lot of people, they'll look at the things that are to come. You know, they read about the tribulation. It's like, you know, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can handle that. You know, I don't know if I, don't know if I can do that yeah, you can. If you just have enough faith to be obedient and do the right thing, the rest will take care of itself. It's going to be a scary ride. You know, you might be screaming, you know, through some of the stuff. But you'll, you'll get through it. You'll do it if you can just have enough faith to, to, to just get in, strap yourself in, and, and you'll be fine. Those things will, and, and you know what? Most of the time when my, I've, you know, tricked my kids into riding roller coasters, they were glad they did it. In fact, the one where they all look terrified, we've got a picture from the very next year riding the same roller coaster. They did it again, and they were terrified again. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was pretty funny, but they knew now that they could do it. And when it comes to the things of God, you know, stop thinking of faith as an emotion. Okay? You need to start thinking of faith more as the works that you do and the obedience. And there is no reason for you to not be able to be obedient. When you disobey, it's because you fainted in your mind. Nobody's making you bleed, stopping you from doing the things. And even if they did, that still shouldn't stop you. But most people today are fainting in their mind because they're not like Abraham. And we need to be people like Abraham. The just shall live by faith. So that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much. For your word, I pray, Lord, that this uh, message will just be a motivator to everyone in here to just obey you, whether they understand things or not. Lord, I just I pray that we won't get stuck in our Christian life and, and put on on pause because we're just not willing to take that step that you told us to do. I think we know better. But we'll just be obedient and that we will be like Abraham, whether we understand it, whether we're feeling it, or whatever the circumstances are. We'll just do the right thing just because your word says to. And I pray a bless everyone for it. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand.